Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Oregon State Beavers have been matched up in a bowl game. They will play in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl against the Utah State Aggies on December 18th. I am Aaron Fentress, and this is the Beaver Banter Podcast. Of course, the main man on the podcast is our very own Nick Daschle of the Oregonian, who covers the mighty Beavers, who are 7-5, and five, going bowling for the first time since 2000. 13. I think the last podcast you said the LA, LA Bowl was a very distinct possibility. Here we are. Tell people what this is. This is a brand new bowl. It's got Jimmy Kimmel's name on it. Will he be doing like interviewing people at halftime or something? Like what's going on with this whole thing? It sounds, it sounds really LA glitz and glamorous. Oh, total. It's totally LA. Uh, both, both teams are going to spend one night each at, at, at his show. Uh, I have no idea. I have oh, no cool. idea if he's bringing any of them up on stage or or not. But I know they're attending, one, and he's supposed to be at the game. And and I I know Brandon Kipper reached out to him on Twitter and asked him if he'd wear his number sixty eight jersey at the game and you know things like that. So apparently Jimmy's a big football fan. I I don't really know. I you know I uh but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh. uh Hollywood in this thing for sure. It's in the SoFi Stadium, which is you know probably as LA as it gets. The five billion dollar, <laughs> thirty one million square foot stadium with a seventy thousand square foot uh, video board and and uh, um, boy, I mean, if you're the coaches of those teams, you hope the players get all that out of them on Friday when they walk through because if they don't. Saturday's game, you know, their eye, you don't want them having their eyes, you know, as big as saucers when they walk into that place on Saturday. What's funny about the stadium for me is that from the time they started building it to the time they finished it, I flew into LA maybe six or seven times. And so you always got, you got to see the progress coming in. <laughs> it was kind of interesting because it's, it, I mean, it, even at the very beginning, it's this big old massive crater in the ground, and they kept adding to it and adding to it. But it is, it is definitely a beautiful facility, no doubt. I'm sure Oregon State would enjoy playing there. Now, is this bowl replacing something else, or is this like is this an add-on to all the bowls? Or is this bowl like swapping out something else? No, I think it was. <clears throat> excuse me. It was. I mean, it was always planned to be on the Pac-12 schedule. They, I, I don't. It's not really replacing it. It's a new bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 Red Box Bowl was planned to be part of the. Um, Pac-12 schedule, but for whatever reason they couldn't pull it off this year, and so the Pac-12 got another uh, tie-in, which they didn't need because they didn't have enough teams to qualify for bowls. So, um, 
But no, the LA Bowl is a brand new bowl. It was it's the first college football game ever played in SoFi Stadium. Um, you know, it's the home of the Rams and the and the Chargers and um so yeah, the Beavers and Aggies are breaking it in from the from a collegiate perspective. Very nice. All right. So let's get into the pros and cons of playing in this particular bowl game. Clearly there's always a pro in playing in a bowl game for a variety of reasons, but what do you consider the main pro of playing in this particular bowl game? Well, I I actually think this this game if you're going to pick all the games, this this one's right up there with with the better bowl type experience even though, you know, it, maybe you're playing Utah State which isn't on the radar, but it's it's really the first bowl game the prominent bowl game of the bowl season. It's being played on Saturday pretty much by itself. It's going to be shown at 7.30 on the East Coast. you got plenty of exposure. So you get to show off your program, you know, with not really much a lot of competition. And mm-hmm. you're playing in a fabulous stadium in, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful city and – I mean, I, that, those things there alone are, and you're, and you're down in a city where you certainly want to recruit well. It's a great place to, you know, show off to your recruits and maybe bring a few of them in and have them take a look at your program one more time. And I, I think it's got a lot more upside to it than downside. Well, speaking of which, what would be the downside? Well, I mean, Utah State. I mean, they're, they're, mount- yeah, some Beaver fans are sort of losing their minds a little bit about, you know, oh, hey, you know, we, sh- we, sh- we, sh- we should be playing, a, you know, a power five opponent and all that. And I'm, and I'm going, well, yeah, in a perfect world. Yeah. Go win some more games and you can play that power five opponent. But, you know, that's not, that's not what you're doing here. And Utah State's probably as good as a lot of power five opponents. They and San Diego State both are, you know, they're both 10 win, 10, 11 win teams. And, um, you know, they were the best of a Mountain West conference that, you know, it, year in and year out is, you know, could hang with, well, I mean, they can hang with the Pac-12 pretty well. I mean, Utah State won its only um, pack game against a Pac-12 opponent this year in Washington State, which is also going to bowl. So, and Utah State worked San Diego State last week in the Mountain West Conference championship game. I mean, granted, San Diego State was, was hit with some COVID issues, but I mean, they buried a team that, that had just run through the Mountain West Conference and also beat, you know, Pac-12 champion Utah. So I don't think Utah State, Utah State's going to be a formidable opponent, even though Oregon State is, you know, a eight point favorite going into the game, which, gosh, seems a little high to me. Um, what, I think. what are they, what are those fans more worried about? The optics of defeating a mid-major or the optics of maybe losing to one? Well, both. I mean, one, you beat Utah State, they think people are going to say, who cares? And if you lose to Utah State, they're going to say, oh, geez, see, you get to a bowl game, you can't even, you can't even beat a JV team, you know? So, um, you know, there's that. But I also think for Oregon State, it's, well, I mean, seriously, that's what, you know, there's a lot of people think the difference between power five and the, and the group of five is, is night and day, which is insane, but that's a perception. Um, but, uh, you know, another thing that's a good thing for Oregon State is you, you have a chance to get the Pac 12 off to a start that they really need. You know, the Pac 12 has had issues in bowl games and, 
in recent years. And, you know, here you are, Oregon State, you're the only favorite of the of the six Pac-12 teams in a bowl game. Well, you win if you can win this first game, you could get the conference off to a good start in in the bowl season. And it, well, on the on the flip side, if you lose it, you know it, it could be a, it could be a tough bowl season for the conference. So, some pressure on the Beavers, but it's a good opportunity to help out the conference. Well, you know, if they wanted a better opponent, maybe they should have beaten Cal and or Colorado. That's that's on them. I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, you you you, w- you win one or two more games, and you're playing in the Vegas Bowl or you know the Holiday Bowl or or one or the, even the Alamo Bowl. But but I, I I don't think anybody should be turning their noses up at at, at the LA Bowl. It's it's uh, let's let's face it. It's not the Sun Bowl. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just not. So um. uh, okay, so the games like. Two weeks out, right? A week, two weeks from, or two weeks from this past Saturday. It's or, it's in less than two. It's less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. The eighteenth. Yeah. So it's the eighteenth. It's it's a week from Saturday. Yeah. So I mean, you know, most people, most teams would have maybe a bowl game end of December. This is a mid-December bowl game. Uh, what does that mean for this team? I mean, one, obviously, it's a shorter prep for this game, but it also takes less time overall for maybe practicing and developing some younger guys along the way. I don't know what to make of it. You know, people have made a big deal about the bowl practices over the years. You know, great chance to give your young players extra practices, blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, I get some of that, but I mean, players are training year round now. I, I, I don't know that, you know, missing out on 10 practices is going to make or break a program. Um, I think the bigger issue for Oregon State and Utah State and anybody that's playing in these first two weeks of bowl games is is you're trying to uh, get ready for a bowl game at the same time you're trying to nail down a recruiting class because signing day is the fifteenth. The well, the coaches are out on the road right now. They're out. They're on the road all this week. Oregon State's not going to start practicing till Saturday, so they're really only going to have. They're going to go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, fly Tuesday to L.A. Um, and then they'll practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So they'll have six practices before the LA Bowl. Um, and you, you also have coaches, you know, trying to nail down this recruiting class three days before the, the game. So, so that's going to be a challenge for sure. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe you have different thoughts on, on, you know, those extra practices, but I, I just think the way these guys train year round, I, I just don't see that big of an issue with the with missing out on you know eight to ten practices. Obviously, whatever field time you can get helps players. There's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I don't think it's make or break. Like I don't think you're gonna lose the game next year because of a handful of practices this year. But it's always it's always nice. And you know, coaches they want to be on the field practicing and teaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, the other thing is you're you're getting young players on the field in December. You, and you, you want them to get practice for the for the upcoming season, which is nine months away. I I don't know. It, well, you're 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 cleaning up some technique. You're teaching. You're, I mean, you're, there's it's no different than anything you're learning. 
you know, that the eight days are eight days. I mean, but, but again, like, like I'm saying, it's not going to make or break you. It's, it's a no, bonus. but there are people out there that believe that, that these bowl practices are what's holding Oregon state back. You know, they have old practice, get these extra practices for eight years. And you know, that's what's, you know, these practices are what holding this team back. And uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, don't know I mean, I think it's, I think it's helpful, but it's not a, it's not, it, it, it's a small, small percentage of, of, how much better you can be with those few extra practices. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, so no Avery Roberts for this game. What's the status there? He hurt his uh, ankle in the uh, the Arizona State game, and um, he, he missed most of that game. He played it or- against Oregon, but he clearly wasn't the same player. And he with an eye, an eye toward the NFL draft, he hasn't announced he's going, but I mean, I'm 99.9% sure he's, he's out the door. Um, he's had five years in college and, you know, he's married with a, a child. I, he's ready to go. I don't know how much more he can, how much better or how much more he can accomplish at the college level. So I'm, I'm assuming he's going to the NFL, um, or at least to the draft. And so he got surgery this last week. And so he's going to miss the bowl game. Um, they'll, they'll have Kyrie. Fisher and Kyrie played well in his place at Arizona State. They, they've got some depth at that position, so I, I don't know that it's a big concern to Avery. I mean, you w- always want your captain, your one of your leaders out there, but I don't know that they fall off. There's other positions where they might fall off more than inside linebacker. Um, anyone else you think I didn't miss? Or well, I mean, I mean, uh, the one guy was I was wondering whether he might get a shot to play as Isaac Hodgins, but apparently he's not either. He's he he's I mean if if you recall he's there uh he was a three year starter defensive end broke his foot in in uh camp in August and hasn't played all year and um you know I thought well maybe there was a chance if they got to a bowl game but Jonathan said yeah real doubtful so I when Jonathan says real doubtful that means no he's not playing so um and which is too bad I mean so this whole year has been pretty well flushed for 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 Isaac, which, you know, but, but he's a three-year starter and he'll, I'm assuming he'll be back next year. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing him play next year. So the Beavers of this season, correct me if I'm wrong, they were undefeated at home and one and five on the road. That is correct. They were six and oh, six and oh at home, one and five on the road. Their one, their one win was in LA at USC. At USC. And so this is not technically a road game because they're not playing at Utah State, but they are playing away from research. Do you think that is a factor at all for this team? You know, I, I'd like to think no, but, I mean, it, it's got to the point where I guess you got to show me. Show me show me you can do something on the road. And, and again, this isn't, a road, this isn't a true road game, but it, it's away from research stadium, so – you know, show me you can do something away from Corvallis um, because it's been a while since they've really performed, you know, well outside of Research Stadium. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the offense hasn't clicked early. That's been a, that's been a big issue. Um, the last three road games, Oregon, Cal, Colorado, the offense didn't fire early and gotten 14-0, 10-0, 10-0 holes, three of them at their last – 
you know, last three road games. And so those are hard things to overcome, which they never did. Um, so those are things I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd want to see, I'd want to see the offense come out and, and be sharp right from the outset. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to say I think they will because I don't really know. I mean, it's hard to know what the, how a team is going to, uh, what they're going to do in a bowl game when they haven't been there in so long. I like to think they're going to be excited and, and, and focused and all that. But, you know, until you see them, you, you just don't know for sure. You are listening to Beaver Banter, and we'll be right back after a quick break. I would be surprised if they weren't pretty jazzed up for this. I mean, not only are you playing the first bowl game for any of these players, clearly, because the program hasn't been to a bowl game, unless there's some transfers you have, but you're doing it in that beautiful setting. Like, it's, that's got to jack you up and jazz you up and, and pump you up. And and the the magnitude of it, to, to go to eight and five, to get the first bowl win in a long time. I don't, I don't even remember the last time they won a bowl. They won, they won in 2013, right? They beat Hawaii? Right, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So last time you were in a bowl game, you won one, but it's still been a while. Like I, I would be shocked. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you're you're doubting that. I'm just I'm just saying that. No, I, I, I think they're going to be plenty jacked up. The problem yeah. is they're going to be too jacked up, and that, <laughs> that, that, that's that's what that's no. where that's that's why I would you know that's where I would want you know you don't want to, you don't want to be too too on edge. Um, so well, the first couple of minutes you might be, but once you start once you start cracking each other, it goes away after a while. Uh, you start realizing, hey, I'm in a game. It doesn't matter all this hoopla. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for him. Like I, I think you know I've said numerous times, I, the state sports landscape is better when Oregon State football is relevant. And so this is this is going to be an interesting game to watch, and uh, hopefully they can get it done. I'm 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 going to admit that I would rather see them win than lose for sure, and I don't have to cover them, so I'm not bound to the the same standards as you are in this regard. We're going to dive deeper into the matchup. As we get closer, like next week makes more sense, but let's just do like a cursory look at the matchup, you know, like what, just whatever research you've done so far, is this a good or bad situation for Oregon State, regardless of the, the fact that it's not a power five school? Well, you know, I, yeah, again, I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it, but I, you know, I do know that Utah State can score. They, they, you know, they, you, you can't win in the Mountain West Conference unless you can, unless you can score. Cause that's, that's historically been a, you know, a real you know, offensive minded, uh, conference. They, uh, uh, you, the Aggies top running back is Calvin Tyler Jr., who Beaver fans know well. He, he was in Oregon State's program for four years. Until he uh, until he transferred this past summer, and he he ran for seven. I want to say I'm I'm going off the top of my head here. I think it was 764 yards and six touchdowns. Um, so he you know he proved he he proved that you know he was you know he was he, he's a good back. He's he just he I don't know that he thought he was going to beat out B.J. Baylor or, or what you know I don't know why exactly he transferred, but he was looking for an opportunity. He, he got it and and uh, and and he's and he's thrived in that role. But but yeah, they've scored. I mean, some of the numbers they put up of late, you know, 46, 35, 44, 48, 51, That's five of their last six games. They've they've put up they they put up big numbers. Now, I mean, you know, it's Wyoming, it's New Mexico, it's New Mexico State. It's but it's also San Diego State with forty six. So I mean, they can they can they can score. 
their coach is uh, Blake Anderson, who who came to Utah State. He's in his first year at Utah State. He came from Arkansas State, very successful coach. Um, uh, you know, they're replacing the uh, notorious Gary Anderson, who left Utah State. Just uh, he actually was fired there, but he left just as he left Oregon State, left the program kind of in shambles and. And Blake is in charge of picking up the pieces as Jonathan did at Oregon State. Um, he's come right in. I mean, ten and three right out of the shoot his first year. So the guy's a good coach. He's he's he knows what he's doing. And um, yeah, they'll their three losses. You know, they lost to BYU thirty four to twenty, which is no, you know, that's no shame in that. BYU is a good program. Um, they did lose to Wyoming pretty one-sidedly and, and, and Boise State as well. But, yeah, they beat Washington State in the opener 26-23. So that, that's a good win because Washington State's playing in the Sun Bowl. Um, so this will uh, – I, I, I don't know where the eight-point spread is coming from on this game because Utah State looks like they're going to be a handful. Yeah, I mean, they've got a good quarterback, 36 touchdown passes for, for Logan Bonner. Their running game is a little suspect, 3.7 yards per carry. But, yeah, I mean – Oregon State's defense has hasn't been exactly a wall. They've had some games where they've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points. So I would think Utah State's going to have a chance to put up some numbers. So yeah, well, and they, and they also have a receiver that that puts up huge numbers pretty much every game, which has got to catch Oregon State's attention. Given that Devin Tompkins, yeah, I mean he's got sixteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. Yeah, I mean he's got games of one hundred seventy two, one eighty eight. 180, 176, 215. I mean, those are numbers that Oregon State can't be happy seeing a guy like that because they've they've been uh, they've been roasted by a few good receivers this season, and so that that'll be a that'll be a guy to watch for sure uh, when when Oregon State faces the Aggies. And then they have two other guys in the seven hundred yard range: seven eighty four, seven fifty six. One one has eleven TDs. The other one has nine, the same amount as Tompkins has. So yeah, yeah their three, quarterback is thrown for one. Two, their quarterback's thrown for one, two, three, four. four he has, has four four games over three hundred yards this year. So um, he can uh, they yeah they they can they can move the ball. So it'll be a, it'll be a it'll be a test. All right, before we sign off here, let's let's shift to Oregon State basketball, men's basketball. Um, what's what's the deal there, man? It's, uh, I mean, you know, coming off an elite eight season, I know fans were expecting or at least hoping that, you know, they were going to maybe not pick up where they left off, but, but at least put a good product on the floor. And instead, huh, one and eight, this is the worst start in, in school history for, through really? nine games. Yeah. Uh, they're on an eight game losing streak. I mean, they were completely overwhelmed by Arizona yesterday. The Arizona's a good team. I think Arizona might be an elite eight final four type team. They're, they're good. But I mean, Oregon State was really never competitive. I mean, they, they hung with them for a while, but they, they, there was no, at no point did you ever think Oregon State had a chance, which was, uh, again, no, no shame in that. But there's been other games where they played teams that they should beat or at least, you know, not been run out and they, and they haven't, and they haven't shown up. There's just a lot of issues with this team. Ethan, the the loss of Ethan Thompson 
is really getting is 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 really noticeable. I people for years while he was in the program always wondered why is he playing point guard? We need another we need a different point guard. He should play two guard. Well, they're seeing why Ethan Thompson was playing point guard and how good he really was cuz when they need to get a bucket Ethan Thompson could take the ball and and get, take it to the basket. They don't have that guy on this on this team this year. They don't. They're misses. They miss him on the defensive end. They miss him on the offensive end. They don't. They they don't have it. They just don't have that guy that that can that can take over a game when 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 it's really needed. There, uh, defensively, you could tell there's some guys that are pretty good, but they're not all on the same page. And at times it gets to be a layup line to the, for the, for the opponent, um, inside, you know, there's times when it looks like they got, they, they've got guys blocked out, but for some reason they don't, they, they, they don't get the rebound. They, they just let, let their man just jump over them or, or go around them and get the ball. And they, that was really noticeable yesterday. <clears throat> Offensively, they just, they're having trouble shooting the ball. They don't have a, they, you know, they get guys like Jared Lucas, who's a, who's a good three point shooter, but he needs somebody to set him. He needs to be catch and shoot. He's not a guy that can go, can go get a basket, you know, just by dribbling and, and setting himself up. And, um, he, he, you know, he, it's just, he's a little bit out of sync. He had a pretty good game yesterday, but, but he, his, his game has been missing a little bit. They're just, they're just missing a little bit of everything and, and it's adding up to a lot of losses right now. So they're shooting 29% from threes, but they're only allowing 32.8. Which is, which is the worst in the conference. That's the worst three, that's the worst three point shooting percentage in the conference. 29.1. No, the defense. defense. Yeah, that's the worst in the conference. 32.8 is the worst. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to consider who, who teams are playing. A lot of these teams, you're playing, you're not playing a lot of great teams this time of year. And, um, no, it's just yeah, there's just a lot of stuff, and I I think they're going to get it together to a degree, but I mean, if they don't get these next six games are pretty. They have I think it's seven. They have seven consecutive home games. If they can't get it going during this stretch, it I mean this season could be over. I mean, I, you can't expect a team to go on a run like it did last year. That's that's a once in a generation type thing. To, to come out of nowhere, win the conference tournament, then go win three games in the, in the NC. I mean, that just, you, you can't expect that to happen again. You, at some point, you got to go into the conference tournament, pretty much having an NCAA tournament bid wrapped up. You can't expect to always have to go into the tournament and win the darn thing to get to the NCAA. So at this point, unless things get turned around this, on this homestand coming up, you know, this, it's starting to look like it might be a lost season. Dang, and they lost by one to Princeton, and by one, one to, to Samford. Yeah, back to back. What? Is that back Samford to back. And son? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's a pretty bad joke. But anyway, um, <laughs> they lost in overtime by Wake Forest, I and mean, that's not that's not a bad loss. Uh, save your save your bad jokes for Duck fans. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that's yeah, that's too bad. Um, speaking of too bad, men's soccer went down. They were number yeah. one seed. They were number one seed, lost in the quarters. They were what five minutes. They were five minutes away from getting to the college cup. I, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not a, I'm certainly not a soccer expert. I mean, I've, I've covered enough soccer and seen enough soccer to, to know a little bit, but, uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim I, I can, you know, break down a, a, a game or anything like that, but there, it, it was pretty obvious Oregon State was a better side in this game. I mean, they controlled the, they could control the ball most of the time. They had a one to nothing lead in the first half. They had it into the 80th, 85th minute when, when their best player was called for a foul in the penalty box. And, uh, you know, Clemson, Clemson scored the penalty kick, tied it up, took it in overtime. Oregon State actually scored in overtime, but, uh, we'll call for a, call for a foul right before the kick. And, you know, Terry Boss was just livid about it. He, he, he even said afterward, it, he, he doesn't believe there was, there was a foul there at all. He thought it was, should have stood. But <clears throat> regardless, I mean, you know, then once you get into penalty kicks, I mean, it's a coin flip, really. It's it's just a matter of you know which goalie is the hottest, and and Clemson's goalie was he he saved two balls, and Clemson's moving on to the College Cup, and Oregon State's packing their bags for for the holidays, and you know, but I mean, they it, it was kind of mixed. I thought afterward, you know, obviously they they were not happy with losing, but you know, they recognize what they had done, done something that school has never done before. I mean, just the stuff they did this year, they won the conference tournament, they, or they won the conference title. They, they won three or they won, they got to the, to the elite eight and the NCAs. They were the number one overall seed. I mean, things this program has never done before. And, you know, under Terry boss in his fourth year. So, I mean, things are, they've certainly established something at, at Lorenz field. I mean, they played in front of, you know, good crowds all year long. They brought brought electricity to the place. Uh, you know, that, that's a program that's got to be feeling pretty good about itself right now. Even even though you know what what they missed out on is something big, they still got to feel pretty good about what they did. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we have a football team going into a bowl game. We have a soccer team that overachieved, but might be a little disappointed. And we have a basketball team, a men's basketball team that's a mess. That's that's plenty. Any any updates on the women's basketball team? You know they're 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 struggling in them, themselves. You know, I I think they'll find themselves at some point. I I they're they're pretty talented. They just need some time to to um you know to get it together. And they 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 also have a stretch of games here where <clears throat> I think they can get themselves right before Pac twelve play. Right. But they're still in the, they're still in the top twenty five, which is kind of. Uh, I mean, they're they're in the top twenty AP top twenty five, even though they're number seventy five in the uh, NCA net rankings, which is what matters when it comes to the tournament. But but if they start playing well, they'll that that ranking will go way up because they'll be playing right. some, they'll be playing a lot of good teams and um, <clears throat> but but it's interesting. I mean, Oregon State's barely in the top twenty five, and and Oregon fell out of the top twenty five this week and. Um, I mean, those are two programs that expected to be in the top 10 this year. So, um, I, I think, I think by January, you're going to see both of them probably bounce back and, and start, you know, making some noise as, as we get into 2022. All right. Last thing, huge news out of Eugene. Although I called this four years ago, if the job ever came open, Mario Cristobal heading to Miami. What does that, mean for Oregon State, if anything, watching their in-state rival 
lose their coach yet again. Oh, I, I you know, outside of Beaver fans just just loving watching Duck fans lose their mind, and you know, I mean, I mean, we we know how you know delusional some of their fans can be, and um, you know, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just fun, it's just funny from. Oregon State fans are just kind of getting a get kind of getting a kick out of the whole thing, but you know I don't know. I think Oregon State fans are paying attention to it because, I mean, who who the next guy is could could you know could shape this this rivalry. I mean, you know, so we'll see. I I yeah, I don't know who. I have no idea who it's going to be. I mean, if it's Chip Kelly, if it's Matt Campbell, if it's Justin Wilcox, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. That's the, one of the names. I'm, just, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just, it's just funny. The, the thought of him going back to Oregon is just Could it's be amusing on many levels. Jonathan Smith. Uh, you know. <laughs> Here's what's crazy about this whole thing is that, like, from when we talk about Oregon State and what they've done, like, you praise Jonathan Smith. Oh, my God, look what he's done. He's coming in. He's turned the program around. They're 7 5. They're heading in the right direction. Clearly a different culture, different mindset, blah, blah, blah. Oregon would never, like, he would be probably like 88th on their list that they would even consider just because whatever Oregon's pretentious perception would be like, they wouldn't even consider him. Well, that, and that's, that's, that's been the joke around Oregon state about the men's soccer thing t- team too. But if they won the national title, Oregon would, would go out and get themselves a men's <laughs> soccer program because they couldn't, but it, it's just funny how the two schools, oh it's, it, it's, you know, it's it's all it's all good from from the. It just gives people something to to poke fun at each other. As long as it doesn't get too too carried away, I, I, I yeah, I don't really see how this impacts Oregon State other than you know what it might do to the rivalry if uh, you know if it's an Urban Meyer or something, you know, which it won't be. But I mean, if it was that 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 might not be good news for Oregon State. Oh, Urban Meyer, please. <sighs> I I didn't say it was good. I just said I'm just I'm I'm, I com- I'm just, trying to I've come seen, up with a I'm trying to come up with a name that would make Oregon's make Oregon so potent that 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 Oregon State would have a tough time even you know even think Oregon, I don't even think Urban Meyer would make him that potent like all things ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I have seen some fans throw that, fans throw that. We should go up to Urban Meyer. I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, all right, enough of that. I was just curious because I do yeah, think it's des- kind of des- destination school, you know. Yeah, except everybody seems to be leaving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Next week we will dive deeper into the LA Bowl and maybe Nick will figure out what the Jimmy Kimmel connection is between now and then because I think that should be our lead topic here on the Beaver Banter Podcast. Anything else you want to add on the way out here, Nick? No, I'm just uh planning on trying to figure out what I'm gonna write about this next uh couple weeks and um no, I'm. Um, I'll be down and I'll be down. At the, yeah, when are you at going the, down? I'm going down on Tuesday, right when the Beavers get there. So nice. Um, yeah, there's a. I think there's a press conference on Tuesday night at SoFi Stadium. We could do our podcast from there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sweet. yeah. <laughs> um, so right. yeah, I yeah. So that's yeah. The, the Beavers get down there on Tuesday the 14th and. They'll practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They have a walkthrough. They have a pep rally. They've got Jimmy Kimmel. They got Universal Studios. Um, you know, I don't know what else. What else they may have. So, yeah, should be fun. 
Sounds cool. Are you going to get to go to Jimmy Kimmel show? Can you get it? pass to go cover it well that's my plan i mean <laughs> of all the events that's the one i want to go to just because i i'm curious to see how the players react to something yeah. like that because um he seems like he's seems like jimmy kimmel relates more to the players age than say the coaches because i i that's my that's my perception i could be wrong but i i think the players know who jimmy kimmel is as opposed right. to let's say you know david letterman or you know a, a, a jay leno or somebody like that they 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 didn't they know who jimmy kimmel is because he's closer to their age group but um yeah i'm just curious how they yeah i'm just curious how they they react to the whole thing but i i, I don't know whether you know i'm hoping we they'll, they'll let us go but who knows all right, that is it for the Beaver Banter Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. He is Nick Dash. Be sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.